Hebrews 7 verse 3 and verse number 6. It says, he's talking about Melchizedek. He said, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but may like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. And verse 6 says, but he was genealogy. It's not accounted from them have taken tithes of Abraham and have blessed him that have the promises. This is from the American translation version. So you're not going to see genealogy in the King James. What you see in the King James is the word descent. But who was descent is not counted from them, received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that have the promises. Amen. 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 I always want you to know that Abraham got the promises, but he took a priest to bless the heir that had the promises. Hallelujah. And by reason of the blessing of the priest that had the, I mean the priest to the one that had the promises, his promises were released. Don't forget this, and I want to reiterate this to you. Titan is very important to releasing some of the promises that God has made for you. It is only after Abraham did this and Melchizedek prayed, if you go by history and the study of the world, that is only when Isaac finally showed up in the house of Abraham. And that was after 25 years of the promise that God made to Abraham to bless him with the seed. Hallelujah. Very important. People may contest that. It makes no difference. But there are a lot of promises that are locked up in your life because you're not working in this dimension. How that the priest, how to bless here, the the promises. Okay. So the word descent from the King James means genealogy, which means to reckon by generations. That is trace in genealogy. It means to count by descent. And you know what that means? Well, you can't divide this sense. You're talking about uh, your father, your great-grandfather, and so on and so forth. I think it's in Luke 3 that you find one of the strongest uh, stream of genealogy down to Adam. Is that okay? Is that okay? So genealogy is, there's a wrong spelling there. Genealogy is the account of descent of a person, family, or group from an ancestor or from older forms. It is a regular descent of a person, family, or group of organisms from a progenitor or older form. It also means pedigree. So when you say pedigree, you're trying to trace where you came from. Is that all right? You can go to your great, 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 great grandfather if you have those records. Uh, sometimes people can call it family tree just to be able to find your roots. Is that all right? Come on, are you there with me? Okay, so this morning I'm really going to talk to you now on how you trace your godly genealogy. And every one of you have a genealogy, but I want you to see that sometimes by reason of the genealogy that we, we, are, we are into or we came from, there are certain things that we experience that are enough of, of, of good help to us. And uh, there is a need for us to change these things so that 
this naturally will just be working without we forcing them to come to be. Hallelujah. Because there are some families, I must be honest with you, I'm going to be using the scriptures, that God really have the light in by reason of the life that they live. So God delight in certain genealogy and God delight in certain attitude of some people. And so if you connect to those people by reason of genealogy, what befalls them by reason of the favor of God in their life becomes your right. Okay. Let me show you what I've got to say here. Go to 1 Kings chapter 15. 1 Kings chapter 15. And uh, I want to use a typical story of a king in Israel. And uh, his name is King Asa. And so I read from verse number 8. And uh, the Bible says, I'm reading from verse number 8 instead of verse 11 now. And Abijah slept with his fathers and buried him in the city of David. And Asa his son reigned in his stead. So watch this. Who is Asa's father? Abijah. Is that all right? And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa over Judah. Remember, there were two the kingdoms. Is that okay? Now, Jeroboam was ruling in Israel, uh, in southern kingdom or whatever, and then Asa was ruling in Judah. Is that all right? Okay. And there 41 years reign he in Jerusalem. And now, if you check the record, most of the people that reign, dynasty that reign, they always reign 40 years. At every point in 40 years, there is a change in government. If you go and study the scripture, you're going to find that. Uh, but you see, when it comes to somebody like Joseph, Joseph reigned 70 years in Egypt. The longest dynasty that you can ever find in history was produced by Joseph. Hallelujah. Are you following this? Very important. When you read the Bible sometimes, try to be taking note of certain things. They are very important. And then you'll be able to notice how God worked with these people and why they were able to do what they did. So Joseph actually had the longest reign dynasty as far as Egypt was concerned. It reigned for 70 good years. Amen? Okay. And then his mother's name was Makah, and the daughter of Abishalom, uh, which is mother, that is his grandmother's name, Abishalom. Okay. And as I did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as this David, what? What do you mean? I can answer. Now we go back to verse 1. I mean verse number 8. What is this? And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, who his son, reigned in his stead. Now when you get down to verse what? Verse 11. What did he say here? David, his father. How many fathers did he have? Did he get this? Now that's exactly what I'm trying to bring you into. Asa came to a point in life that he brought himself out of his own genealogy. Having his father as Abijam, who never did right in the sight of the Lord, he plugged himself into the genealogy of David. And we're going to see why he has to do that. Are you confused? It takes wisdom to live in this life, people of God. Especially when you come to God, you must come to begin to see some things completely different from the background that you came from. If you must survive, if you must have a record, 
if you really intend that God will continue in any way to put your remembrance. There are some things you are going to change. You may not change them physically, but you may change them by your attitude and your mind. Is that okay? Because I may not necessarily denounce me coming from a village. But I can do that in my mind and in my attitude. Are we together? Okay. So, you find that here. Now, go to verse 12. And he took away now, the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. Are you seeing the difference here? And also Micah his mother, and even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa destroyed her idol and burnt it by the brook Kindron. Can you see that? Okay, move down just a little bit. So here we find that Abijah, we are told, walked in all the sins of Rehoboam. If you study the life of Abijah, Abijah was doing exactly what Rehoboam was doing. Is that okay? And Rehoboam set up idols, set up altars all over the place because he never want people to go to Jerusalem. Is that okay? He deviated from true worship. Now, Asa's father copied exactly what Jeroboam was doing. So, when Asa grew up to become a king, the first thing he did was to break everything. That tells me something. Listen to me, people of God. That simply means if you want to talk about deliverance or breaking parental causes, you can do it yourself. Am I right? <laughs> you can violently break these things and say, I am no longer part of it. It can't be my territory. And so shall it be. Look at what Asa did here. Even the grandmother, even the mother was a queen. Threw her out of the place there. You don't need anybody. You got all the rights. Raise the living God. You got all the right to do that. Amen. As I did what was right in the sight of the Lord, as did his father David. Can you see this? But yet we just read that Abijah was his father. Is that okay? But he did that which was right, the scriptures say, in the sight of his father David. Verse number 11. Meaning you can change and trace your century line to that which is right and godly through your conduct, attitude, belief. Through godly traits. You can change your genealogy. Do you follow what I'm talking about here? You can change your genealogy. So, listen, listen, listen. Don't you ever tell me that there's no more devil in your home, therefore you can't make progress in life. Don't you ever tell me that. Because you have the right, the ability, and the power to change your lineage. Asa was not even a priest for that matter. But he dealt with the priesthood. Hallelujah. There were idols. The mother had an idol. The grandmother had idols. They had altars where they were worshipping. He threw all of them away. None of those things affected him. Even what Abijah, his father, did. None of them followed him. As at this time, 
what you call the new covenant and not even come into place yet. But this guy was able to do this and the Bible tells us that he found favor in the sight of God. Did that which was right in the sight of God. God acknowledged him. Hallelujah. So you can break with your past. Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't do it. You have the ability to do it. You have the strength to do it. You can break with your past. Praise the living God. Doesn't matter the devil in your community. Doesn't matter idols your father sat. You can break with your past. Very possible and very easy too. Hallelujah. Are we seeing this from the world? Asa simply came to power and he said, Hey, you mama, you've been a queen before, isn't this? You get out of the room. What is my offense? You've been serving idols. I don't want to serve idols. It destroyed the whole system. And there was no record that told us that Asa fell sick because he destroyed the idols. Was there any record there? Okay, now tell me. Oh, help me, Father. Why didn't God visit the iniquities of the father on Asa? Because that's what we preach. He visited the iniquities of the third and fourth generation and told them that, did the Bible say so? Why didn't God visit? I want to ask. These are the problems we carry people. This is where we put people in bondage. We limit them. They can't make progress in God. Because we tell them things that continue to work in their life continually without a change. As I simply came to the throne and said, hey, Mama, look, get out of this place. It was my offense. You are an idol worshiper. I'm no longer interested in that. I don't want to do that. And then everything about the father's idol took them and destroyed them. Took them to a brook, to a river. Sweep them away. And the man lived his life. Serve God perfectly well. Without hindrance. There was nothing on record who told us that, hey, one day as I was sick. And then they have to come and say, the God of your fathers. Iniquities of your fathers. Man, you can break with the past. Do you understand what I'm saying? You have the resolve. You have the ability. You only need to have to understand what I'm talking about. You can break with your past. There is nothing about your father or mother or grandfather that can run after you. Not at all. You have a new trace. You have a new genealogy. You are connecting to a new man entirely. Praise the living God. <clears throat> my past have nothing to do with my life right now. Not at all. No matter the number of idols that have been in my community, nothing to do with me. There is nothing to me that is called an idol. It's the foolishness of the heart of man. As far as I'm concerned. Nothing. Hallelujah. Okay. So my question is, what was David's conduct in life? What qualified him to be so dear to God? You know, he said, David is a man after my own heart. Are you still there with me? Hallelujah. And you see this awesome man just came and said, Hey man, I'm going to change my genealogy. I'm going to change where I came from. I don't want to have anything to do with my past anymore. I want to connect to a man that loved God. I want to connect to the man that God loves. And that becomes my new trace. That becomes my new family. He took David as his father. And that changed the whole structure about the life of this young man. Praise the living God. You can do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
You can do that. There is nothing on your past that can haunt you. If you understand what I'm talking about, nothing, no cause whatever, nowhere in the universe can any cause ever follow you once you can trace your genealogy to the man that got lost. Praise the Lord. First Kings 15 verse number 4. Look at what God is saying about David. Nevertheless, for David's sake, did the Lord has God given him a lamp in Jerusalem to set up his son after him, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, and to establish Jerusalem. Because David did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord and turned not aside from anything that he commanded him. I want you to know those things. All the days of his life, save only in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. I like this. So to me, David was a perfect man. And the only fault that he ever had in life, God recognized it. Now how many faults can God count against us? <laughs> David, he was a human being. Lived all his life. And I'm going to show you the secret of David's life. And God recognized this man. He was a human being. He was a perfect man. Only one fault, and God recognized that fault as well. David, this is the only thing I can hold against you. But for all of your life, you are a good man. You are a man after my own heart. We are not surprised that even Jesus had to come through the lineage of David. Because God has also promised David to have a throne established all the time. Somebody must be on the throne. Are you still there with me? And, but look at the principles. Look at some of these things here. Okay, just down a little bit. First King chapter 14. Let's still read about David. First King chapter 14, verse number 7. Go tell Jeroboam. Thus said the Lord God of Israel. For as much as I exalt thee from among the people, and made the prince over my people, Israel, and ran the kingdom away from the house of David, and gave it thee, and yet thou hast not been as my servant David, who kept what? My commandments. And who followed me with what? All his heart to do only which was right where in my eyes. Look at his credentials. Not just it. David was just an ordinary man. But what really pushed God to love this man? Everything God ever told David to do, he will do. Are you still there? Hallelujah. He did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Note his own sight, putting God first in all his decisions and actions. That which was right in my eyes. That which was right. Now, can we go to that place? This is one, and one of the ways by which you can start tracing and changing your genealogy. Doing that which is right. When the Bible said, David became the father of Asa. Fatherhood means a source of life. Is that okay? So what that means is, Asa began to emulate the lifestyle of who? Of David, instead of that of his father. So Asa came to the place, he would do only what is right in the sight of who? In the sight of the Lord. That's exactly what I'm saying. And that is how you break with your past. 
Doing that which is right in the sight of God. Hallelujah. That which is right, it means that which is straight, that which is convenient, but without to do with equity, it speaks of justice. That which is pleased, that which is straight, which is upright. He was doing just that which is upright. He wouldn't want to bend anything. He would do the right thing. Hallelujah. That was the kind of life that David lived. David was always doing the right thing. The right thing. Number two. The Bible said, he turned not aside from anything. And I want you to underline that. That he commanded him all the days of his life. He was walking. Now, let me explain something here. As at when David was doing this, the law has already been written. Are you there with me? Come on. The laws of Moses were already there. <laughs> but here was Nehemiah walking in the midst of the law, but living it like based on what God says. Can you get a difference? What God commanded him is different from what God commanded Israel. Hallelujah. It means there are some things specifically that God can speak to you about that has to do with your life. As you walk in those things, you are a righteous man before God. Man before God. Is anybody following this? That with God commanded him. And there wasn't anything. That is what I want you to know there. Anything God commanded him, he will do. But the law was there. Now I'm not saying throw away the Bible. But you must live to the place where your life is being guided. No, now this is what you think, what the Bible says. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As many as are led. How are you going to be led by the Spirit? God is going to instruct you by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Anything God, it is saved. The law. But he said, he never turned aside from anything God commanded him. Very specific instructions. This was a guy that will walk by the mulberry tree instruction. He will have to watch until God says the thing. He has to live until God instructs the thing. He won't do. Oh, come on. You, you should be able to know the difference between David and Saul. Hmm? Here, was, here was Saul. Remember? That was Saul giving instruction to destroy the Amalekites. He would not do exactly how God have instructed. Can you see the difference? And so many of you may be receiving instruction in relation to meetings, in relation to fellowship, in relation to how to live, but you don't walk in them. Then it is difficult for you to break from your past. Hallelujah. David was steadfast to what the Lord commanded him. Nothing to do with adjusting plans to suit individuals or circumstances. That means also you hearing God to know what he has in mind for you in life. Anything he commanded means a messenger. David carried out instructions or like Saul. That was asked to destroy the Amalekite but failed. Is that okay? The word command actually means messenger. Means. There are some aspects of your life that God wants to use to demonstrate to the rest of creation 
or to bring certain things to be in creation, and so you are a messenger in the hands of God. Now, the truth says, no has a voice or authority of his own. This is where we fail. Because we don't do what God says, and that is also because we don't even hear what God says to us as individuals. Have God ever prompted you to take an action? Have you ever seen a situation and God is leading you to do something? How many times have you come to the place where this thing I'm doing now is a prompting of the Lord? Hallelujah. If this is the way David lived, that means that is the way Asa lived. That is why Asa now have David as what? His father. And because he began to live this way, he started to live his life this way, he lived his life continuously that way, there was no power from any shrine that could come and attack Asa. That's telling you this morning. When you begin to live your life based on the instructions of God, you are set free and you are free indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. Very interesting. There's, you must come to that place where you know this is God talking to me. And this is this is the way God wants me to live my life. Hallelujah. Some of the people come to and say, Pastor, I say, but well, fine, your idea is good. <laughs> but I have no witness. The idea is good. That the idea is good is not enough for me to implement the idea. I mean, that's the problem I have with people. Friends, that's the, that's the problem I have with people. Especially when it came to this issue of building this house. It when million ideas have been sold to me. But I can't carry out anyone because I didn't see any validation from the Lord. Hallelujah. He owns the walk. I'm only a messenger. If he doesn't want to complete it, fine. If you want to complete it, beautiful. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Okay, let's move on just a little bit. Number three. The Bible says, God is confessing. He followed me with all his heart. The word heart in the Hebrew there is lebab. Which means in the midst, the mind, and the understanding. He followed me in all his understanding. I'm talking about David now. And that became also the portion of Asa. His understanding was centered on whatever thing God says. No personal wisdom. No personal interest. He followed me with all his heart. Hallelujah. I pray that your heart be centered on God. I pray that your heart will be one that God is talking through and talking to. I pray that your understanding will be that which is of God. Doing the things you do must be with the understanding of God. David followed me with what? All his heart. And you can see what the Bible says. David is a man after my own heart. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? Okay. That is Asa. Now I want to give you another simple example and I will close from there. Somebody has to do with Reuben. Reuben, more or less, have traced his father to Moses as the father of the nation of Israel. And I'm going to give you an example of that. You turn to Genesis 49. 
Wisdom demands that you begin to shift your roots and identify with certain sources that will break your past. Hallelujah. Something that will break your past. We are not yet where we are supposed to be or where we are going to be. But things are definitely taking shape because God is speaking and we are following the instructions of the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember two persons walked to my house a few days ago and said, when did you return? And I said last week, so why didn't you inform us? What for? He said, we need to come to the airport to receive you. I'm talking of elderly people. I said, why do you want to think that way? He said, listen, what God is doing through you, we've never seen that in our community. We want to come to the airport to receive you. God will promote you. I said, God will promote you. Amen. Doing that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Stay with him. He will exalt you. He will magnify you in the midst of your people. He said, we have seen sons in the community. But the level at which you are walking, we need to recognize that. When you are coming down, let us know. We want to come to the airport. It can be your turn. Stay with the Lord. It may take time. Jesus spent how many years? But only three and a half years. He had all the glory. The Bible says he gave him a name that is above every other name. And one of the things that brought Jesus, don't, don't you forget, one of the things that brought Jesus to that position was the spirit of submission. As a human being, he submitted to his natural appearance, yet he was divinity in a human being. The beginning of can you think about this? It's the same thing God is saying about David here. Ever before Jesus came to be baptized on the river, he had never done a miracle. How I many of you understand that? In fact, nobody, everybody knows him as a carpenter. And he was very faithful in carpentry. He would do the, In fact, I was made to understand, I think in Jerusalem somewhere, there is a place where there are specific things, and the person named it the carpenter's shop. Jesus of Nazareth, carpenter's shop. All the things there were more of the type that Jesus produced as a carpenter. He worked as a human being. Remember, they used to say, Is that not a carpenter's son? Is that, if I artist say, Is that not a carpenter? Not carpenter's son. Is that not a carpenter? Because that's what he was doing. He did that. Until he was 30 years old. And when his father died, when he, was, when he was 15 years old, as the first son in the house, he began to take responsibility for his natural mother. That is why when he was to die, and I said, John, you take care of your mother because now I'm going. I was doing that because you're next to me. You take care of your mother. Natural responsibility is not spiritualizing everything. Humility, obedience. And so when he came for baptism, the first verse is, this is my beloved son. What has he done? That became a beloved son. He has done no miracle yet. He has done nothing yet. So why would God call him a beloved son at that stage? He walked in humility to his natural appearance. 
He exemplifies what it means to obey your parents. Are you getting what I'm talking about? That's the key for you this morning. Some of you can come to the place where God will truly love you because you are walking in humility, in obedience to authority, to parents, as God has ordained. Jesus demonstrated that. Okay, so now here we see Genesis 49. Let's look at verse 1 to 4. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourself together, and I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourself together, and hear ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto me, Israel, your father. Re Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Mark that. That is a cause. Because thou went up to my father, the father's bed, that the father thou eat, he went up to my couch. Amen? Hallelujah. Thou shalt not excel. And you shall out of anger. It not go better for you. Hallelujah. Come on. Are you done with me? All right. It will be well with you. You won't make progress in life. Because you've done this. Now, that's a very grievous offense this guy committed. Yes, absolutely. Nobody's tolerating that. Grievous. But the father said, you are not going to succeed in life. You won't excel. In other words, you, though you may struggle to survive, you won't survive. In other words, all your days is going to be in times of labor. You won't excel. Check it out in any dictionary or whatever. And you see what it means for your father to say you will never excel in life. There is nothing more dangerous than that. Even the devil, hey, come on, walk faster with that. Because the opportunity I've been given. Is that okay? Is that what bless this? Because you will never excel, Ruben. Your life is going to be stagnated. You're going to, you can make progress in life. Nothing once ever. Hallelujah. Well, let's see what finally happened to Ruben. Deuteronomy 33. Deuteronomy 33. And read verse number one and verse number six. Look at it. And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. The father was blessing in Genesis 49, isn't it? But when he came to Reuben, he cursed him. Is that a blessing? Is that all right? Okay. And that tells you every father must pronounce a blessing. Are you still there? This is before his death. The other one was before his death. Can you get that? Genesis 49, before the death of Jacob. Genesis 33, before the death of Moses. These are old people who want to say their last blessing to a people. Moses was a type of a father of the whole of Israel. Is that okay? And the tribes, and now he was going to bless all the 12 tribes. By the way, I mean, to say this. Man does not walk the way God walks. Because all these 12 tribes were calling a holy nation in Israel. How many of you understand that all of them were actually children of 
concubines and all of those stuff. You remember? <laughs> hey, my God. The Bible says, Dark with God, I'll call cleanse. You must not call defy. By natural understanding, Israel is not qualified to be a holy nation. Am I talking here? Because all the children, the concubines of Leah, made of these, remember that? He got only two wives. Remaining one, they were just a housemate. All day in the true sense, I don't know what language you call them, man. But all of those children that came through the housemaid, they formed the nation of Israel. What God have called cleans, you must not call defy. Our judgment sometimes is too, is too limited. We have no understanding of what God is doing. How can God bring these kind of people and say, You are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a blessed? <laughs> but look at the background. Look at the history. That is why God can pick you out and cleanse you and make you what people can least expect. And they will come and say, Who is this man? They might be saying that, but God said, You are justified. You are justified. You are my right person. So it's not by our own judgment, not by our own thinking. It's what God wants to do. Israel is not qualified in any way to be called a holy nation. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying here? This is a family that came through housemaid and uh, concubine and all of that. Everybody came together as a holy nation. Okay. So now, why am I saying all of that? Because in this holy nation, there was a... Are you still there? And who was the father of this holy nation? Moses. Now he's about to go. What is he intended to do? To bless his people. And he was not going to bless their remembering the past. Hallelujah. <laughs> Did you get that? He wasn't going to be thinking where they came from. He was not going to be thinking about whether one is a concubine son or whatever. It's simply a holy nation. Every tribe he was going to bless. Now when he came to Reuben, that the father calls in Deuteronomy 33 verse number 6. Look at what he said. Let Reuben live and not die. And let not his man be few. <laughs> that means this holy nation with this father of this holy nation nullifies every cause that his natural father plays upon Reuben. You can trace your genealogy. And you can live better than you are living now. <laughs> are you getting this? Because it has to do with who you are connected to. As I said, hey, Abijam, you are no longer my father because I will serve your idols. Reuben, because he belonged to a holy nation, and they say, Father of other nation, they say, hey, Reuben, you shall live. When he said, let Reuben live, that means death was upon his life. Come on, am I talking to somebody here? Let him live. In other words, I broke the curse. Let Reuben live. Oh, come on here. He didn't go through any form of, uh, you know, it's just a word from a father. Let Reuben live. <laughs> and not die. And let not his men be few. 
You know what? When he say he will not excel, I nullify that. I didn't know if Moses was there when the father did that. I can't tell. I have no idea one bit. Hmm? Hallelujah. I didn't know. <laughs> because you see, he blessed them while they were still in Egypt. Moses wasn't yet born. I don't know. So this by divine revelation. Because it was prophetic. He was just speaking his last word. And life was flowing out of him. Oh, it's like what Jacob who said. Let Isaac, I mean, it's so that my soul will do what? Will bless you. Something was flowing out of Moses. And he just picked on Reuben and said, hey, Reuben, I see death hanging over your life. But let Reuben live and let him not die. And let not his men be few. So everything the father said, Reuben, you will not excel. Moses said, Reuben, you will excel. But the father said, Moses, you will die. Reuben said, I mean, the father said, Reuben, you will die. Moses said, you will live. And when the father said, you will be poor, Moses said, you will be rich. And everything Moses said became the last destiny of Reuben. He changed his genealogy. Are you following what I'm talking about? You can change your genealogy. <laughs> I'm telling you spiritual things. So finally, hear this. Godly genealogy break causes. Hallelujah. Is it true, people of God? Asa live freely, despite the fact that the father, the mother, the grandmother were idol worshippers. He lived freely. He excelled as a king in Israel. Break all the causes. Reuben broke all the causes because he got a spiritual father over Israel. He produces God's favor. God loved Asa because Asa connected to David. And God loved David. Therefore, God automatically favored Asa as a king in Israel. Hallelujah. It brings God's recognition to you. This is my beloved son, was for Jesus. But for David, Man, after my own heart. And you see, David became a yastic for comparison in Israel. He did not do it like my servant David. God's recognition upon your life. It elevates you amongst others. Hallelujah. It, 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 it triggers you. It takes you from the level you are to another level. Godly genealogy. And that is what you need today. Hallelujah. That is where you must come into at this moment. You need to begin to change your genealogy through your attitude, through your character, through the one you need to emulate, through the one you are beginning to see that God, this man is walking in the light of God's spirit. You can connect. Praise the living God somebody. As I did that. Beside and above all, the Bible tells us precisely that we are Abraham's seed by faith. Am I right? Automatically, if you believe into that, you've changed your genealogy. Can you get that? You've changed your genealogy. Because we are Abraham's children by faith. Means Abraham is our father. 
So we broke with everything that had to do with our natural parents and we connect to Abraham and then you can say Abraham blessings are mine. So the inheritance you are having today is the inheritance that comes through who? Abraham. Because he has said something. Now look at what God told Abraham. You can also connect it. Abraham becomes your father. I will bless those that bless and I will cause those that do what? Simple. You can go and sleep without understanding. <laughs> I tell you the truth. You can literally go and sleep without understanding that because you connected to Abraham, as you change your genealogy, whoever tries to cause Abraham, God will cause automatically. He will try to cause you, God will cause. And he that blesses you, God will bless. Can you get a connection? That's why sometimes the seed you sow you may not know how it goes. You think you're just doing it religiously. But if you do it with an understanding, more results will come. Amen. When you sow a sin into a person's life, and you're trying to say, because you are blessed, I have to be blessed. Because God says, he will bless those that bless you. Can you get it? So he said, sometimes you're praying for blessing. Why not you bless the one that God is blessing? Come on. Is it easy? It's simple. Instead of praying for blessing, you need not pray for blessing. Why not you simply bless the one that God is? God has already entered a covenant. Listen to me. I will bless those that bless you. I will cause those that cause you. So now, you look at Abraham and you say, hey man, I need God to bless me. What do you do? You go and bless Abraham. And because you bless Abraham, God automatically is going to do what? Begin to bless you. Are you getting that? It's so easy. Life is easy. If you understand spiritual principles like I'm trying to share with you this morning, you can change your genealogy. Now you have a godly genealogy. You can pray to God and seek the face of God and see how Asa did what he did and get connected again and see things begin to change in your life. I promise you this morning, there is no devil that can come across you and destroy your life. There is no cause from your father. There is no cause from your mother. There is no cause from your community that can hold you if you change your genealogy. 